Welcome to The Sacramentalist, a podcast where the ancient Christian faith is brought to bear on issues prevalent in modern culture. We hope moving forward you'll join us for in-depth discussion on how theology intersects with our daily lives. For today's special bonus episode, I'm your host, Father Miles Hickson. And I'm Father Wesley Walker. And if you're listening to this when we release it on Monday the 23rd, then you know that our nation and indeed the whole world is in the midst of this crisis, the COVID-19 or coronavirus pandemic. And so we wanted to release this episode today on one very specific topic, and that is on spiritual communion. Now that term, uh, if you've listened to anything we've said in our podcast, you know we don't actually like the word spiritual communion if it's defined a certain way meaning Christ is only spiritually present in the Eucharist. But that's not what we mean. Father Wesley, tell them what we mean. Well, I think when we're talking about spiritual communion in these uh, circumstances, we are talking about uh, people who don't, or situations in which people don't have access to the sacraments themselves. And so spiritual communion is a way for people to participate in the sacrifice of Christ, uh, even when they can't physically receive the body and blood uh, that is offered at the altar. And why this matters is because just within about an hour ago, our bishops released a statement saying all parishes across the nation need to close because of the pandemic. I know in the ACNA yesterday, the archbishop closed all parishes. I know that earlier this week, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Knoxville closed all their parishes, and it just goes on and on and on. And so this coming Sunday, and many Sundays in the future, perhaps, there's not going to be a chance for the faithful to receive the Blessed Sacrament. So this is the main reason we're doing this episode, but also it's a good teaching point to say, what if you're in the hospital? What if you are traveling and you just can't make it? Well, the church has had a long history of teaching that if there's an impediment to you receiving physically the elements, you can commune with Christ in your soul. Yes. And it probably helps, I think, too, with spiritual communion to rehash what's going on in the Eucharist, like what we believe about the Eucharist. Uh, because that helps bring clarity to what spiritual communion is. So like we've done in our episode on the Holy Eucharist, you know, the Eucharist is a representation of the sacrifice of Christ for our benefit. We need it in order that our sins might be forgiven and that uh, we might be given strength to live the, the Christian life that we're called to live. But at the same time, you know, the Eucharistic prayer makes a big deal about presenting ourselves, our souls and bodies as living sacrifices on the altar. We are um, not merely passive receptacles of the sacrament, but we actively place ourselves on the altar to become living sacrifices. In fact, just recently, within the past two or three weeks, one of the uh, one of the epistle lessons was Ephesians 5, be imitators of God. Um, and so uh, that the Eucharist is the place where we do that. So you'll see in this uh, in this rite for uh, spiritual communion uh, that we are encouraging people to use that this is really the front and center aspect of what's going on here. Yeah, that's a great ex- explanation. Now to dispel perhaps an objection from certain people who would say, all right, fathers, this sounds like something invented in medieval Rome. Are you sure that Anglicanism allows for such an approach to the Eucharist? And the answer, dear listener, is yes. If you have a 1928 prayer book, you can open to page 323, and there's a rubric on there. This is in the midst of 
of the the liturgies and the and the rites and the services for those who are sick at home suffering and who receive communion when they're sick. And I'm just going to read this full rubric and then we'll go into the liturgy. The rubric on page 323 says, But if a man, either by reason of sickness or for want of warning in due time to the minister, or by any other just impediment, do not receive the sacrament of Christ's body and blood, the minister shall instruct him that if he do truly repent him of his sins, and steadfastly believe that Jesus Christ hath suffered death upon the cross for him, and shed his blood for his redemption, earnestly remembering the benefits he hath thereby, and giving him hearty thanks therefore, he doth eat and drink the body and blood of our Savior Christ profitably to his soul's health, although he do not receive the sacrament with his mouth. And so right here, I think what we would latch on to is this phrase in the rubric that says, if a man by any other just impediment do not receive the sacrament of Christ's body and blood. Well, a pandemic where the bishops are closing parish worship on Sundays, I, I would say that's a just impediment. And so you've been given a dispensation, according to this rubric, according to bishops, to be able to receive the Eucharist after a spiritual and not physical manner, though you do not receive the elements. But the assurance the minister is supposed to teach, according to the rubric, is you do receive the fullness of Christ's sacrament for you. It is not a lesser participation. It is, because of the bishop's dispensation, the full participation in the Eucharist, though we would say less ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about different modes, I think. It's not a different thing insofar as we're still receiving the same benefit, but we're receiving that benefit in a um, in a in irregular mode, um, one that, like you said, is not the ideal, but it's still as much just as much a participation in the sacrifice of Christ, and uh, and our also our own self sacrifice as it would be if we were at church on a Sunday receiving the physical um, means of grace. That's right. So let's quickly look at the liturgy. Uh, you can find a link to this in the show notes if you want to follow along print it out, use it this Sunday. Here it is. It's uh, it's actually quite simple, and you'll notice that it's something of a many, many, many church service. And so I would say this liturgy can be used in two ways. A lot of churches are live streaming the, the Mass this coming Sunday or some service. Well, during the time of the distribution of the elements, when the priest is communing and the few clergy that are there that the bishops allowed, pull out this liturgy as you're watching and pray it. This is your spiritual communion during the time when you would normally receive the elements. The other option is if you don't want to watch a live stream or your church is not live streaming a service, simply pull out this liturgy during the time, that kind of hour, hour 15, when your church would normally offer the mass and pray this liturgy. I would say that's the two ways. You don't just pull this out kind of whenever you want to and receive the benefit. It's normally done during the time that, a, that the Eucharist is going on. So the liturgy itself begins simply with an invocation in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You pray the Our Father. There's a short collect asking for the Holy Spirit to come and defend you from all adversity. I think that's a beautiful teaching that what you're doing in the midst, especially if you have to receive spiritual communion, there's normally some sort of danger going on. 
So you invoke the Holy Spirit for protection, which Christ protects us through his presence. There's two very quick readings, an epistle reading from Revelation, where Jesus is affirming that he stands at the door and knocks, so that way you know he's here and he wants to come into your heart. And then the gospel reading is from St. John chapter 15, verse 5. And it, and it has to do with Christ being the vine and you're the branches. And so you are connected to Christ in this intimate, beautiful way through the sacraments in your soul. The liturgy then asks you to take a moment and to think of your sins and failures. And then there's a short act of contrition, a confession, very short, just two sentences. And then you actually move into what's called the act of reception. And this is the longest. This is a couple paragraph prayer where you're asking the Lord to come into your heart and soul, even though you cannot at this time receive the physical sacrament. There is then the act of praise and thanksgiving, where you give thanks just as you would in a Eucharist service for having received the body and blood. And then there's the beautiful hymn written by St. Thomas Aquinas, Anima Christi, which is a praise and adoration of Christ. Traditionally, it's used before this, the Blessed Sacrament at like a benediction service or if the sacrament's in an adoration chapel. But this is an appropriate time because you have received the spiritual benefit of the sacrament. And so you can worship Christ who is in the sacrament present with you in your heart. And then you end in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's simple. It would probably take a grand total of three minutes to read. It would take less time to stand up, walk down the aisle, get the bread and wine, and walk back to your pew than it would to read this liturgy. So, dear listeners, we know this is a quick episode, but we felt that it was important for us to put this out there for you all uh, over the coming weeks as you're either practicing social distancing or maybe even quarantined at home. I hope this liturgy will give you great comfort, that it will give you a sense of connectivity to the church Catholic as we are all kind of distanced from the Mass, but Christ is still with us. He promises in his gospel he will never leave us nor forsake us. And so even though you cannot make it to the altar for the next few weeks, may this liturgy of spiritual communion grant you peace and comfort that Christ, our true Lord and God, is with you through his sacrament. I would also encourage our listeners, I'm encouraging everyone in our parish to pray the litany on a regular basis. We did an episode on the litany kind of to kick off the Lenten season, which was only a few weeks ago. And so maybe you want to go listen to that episode on the litany and then pray it on a regular basis. Uh, you'll notice as you're praying it, it really resonates well with what's going on in our world, asking for the Lord's mercy and help in the midst of kind of crisis, pandemic, distress. So I'm praying it. I was walking around the backyard because it was traditionally prayed in procession. So I was watching my toddler outside and we were just walking around and I started praying it. And he started walking behind me with his hands folded, kind of um, mumbling to himself. So I'm raising him up on how to <laughs> process with the litany. <laughs> that is awesome. Hey, one other thing we should probably mention real quick before we sign off is that um, our friends over at Earth and Altar just published their first book. Uh, it's called A Guide to the Mass. 
for Anglican Youth and Newcomers, and it's written by uh, Jackie Jameson and Father Sean McDermott, who's been on the show a few times. And actually, if you go to the link uh, that we're going to put in the show notes for the um, for the spiritual communion liturgy, uh, there's a little blurb about that at the bottom of the page. And um, and so we would encourage you to head over to Amazon and order that book as soon as possible, um, so that when churches open, you can uh, have a better sense for what's going on in the mass uh, when you arrive. For sure. Well, rather than ending in our normal way with a blessing, we are going to end with the prayer that is found on page 45 in the Book of Common Prayer. Father Wesley, will you pray for us? Absolutely. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O most mighty and merciful Father, in this time of grievous sickness we flee unto thee for succor. Deliver us, we beseech thee, from our peril. Give strength and skill to all those who minister to the sick. Prosper the means made use for their cure. And grant that, perceiving how frail and uncertain our life is, we may apply our hearts unto that heavenly wisdom which leadeth to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.